This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Royal Blue Podcast in association with Sport Pacer. I'm Phil Kirkbride, today joined by Dave Prentice, Adam Jones and Gav Buckland. As we preview tomorrow's trip to the Etihad, it's Manchester City, the defending Premier League champions against Everton, and we'll be discussing how we think the Blues can go and get a result, of course, the last two games the Etihad have been 1-1 draws, both under Ronald Koeman. Um, but chaps, uh, weirdly, you know, despite despite the two results, Gav, I'll start with you, are we actually more confident of getting a positive result than we were in those two uh, in those two games? Uh, yeah, I'm certainly more confident of getting a positive result after Chelsea, uh, Chelsea beating City last week. Um, we've certainly got a better, with the, on face value, we've got a sort of better all-round team what we've had the last two years. I think we can hear City... A little bit more. Um, I'm not entirely certain City are the same team as what they were. At the, that's you know the last couple of weeks. Yes. Um, Better than so, last season though. Yeah, but I still think you know maybe the they've got a few injuries and stuff, haven't they? Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they react to the uh, the Chelsea defeat last week. So on paper, at least we have got a better chance than the the last two seasons and we have got players who can hurt City a little bit more but they are Manchester City and they're Premier League champions maybe favourites for the Champions League they're still a top team um, so it, it's still going to be a difficult game but I still think we've got enough to hopefully get something out of it Brent, I was going to say I take it all back I called you the Grinch at the last podcast this is like you yeah. called me the Grinch every podcast I'm going to be the Grinch today because yeah. City are just a great great team are they better than last season Brent? I think they are um, I just last season the last couple of results we've got against City they've been contributory factors you know last season we played them second match of the season you know so it was a uh, they still hadn't found their rhythm. You know, they had a man sent off, you know, so early in the game. You know, so it, a number of factors, you know, sort of contributed to help Everton get the result that they got. The previous season was just one of those freak results, you know, so whereby two saves from a penalty, you know, by Martin Stecklenberg. Um, you know, Everton really should have lost that day. Uh, the one I can't explain was the other 4 0 under Koeman because that was just magnificent that day, you know, so everything just seemed to click. Uh, but City, well, they, they worry me in some respects. I suppose you could say, you know, you could argue they hearten you because, you know, they look like champions-elect already, you know. So, you know, obviously there's uh, another team quite close to here that's, uh, you know, so well in the mix for that. But they're just, you know, an incredible team to watch. I mean, their work ethic is absolutely phenomenal uh, in that final third. They do, you know, what Marco Silva is trying to achieve at Everson, you know, so trying to get the, that pressing tactic right in the final third. They do it better than anybody. Uh, when you've got players of the quality that they've got, and yeah, they've had a couple of injury issues recently, but I think they're starting to ease. And Kevin De Bruyne's not too far away now, is he? Um, they're just an absolutely top-class team. You know, arguably one of the best teams in Europe. And it's going to take a really incredible effort by Everton uh, tomorrow to to get a result there. It's possible, you know, so because the Everton team are playing a kind of football that will upset at one of the, the big four. We've said it before in here, you know, so you can go to teams with like this damage limitation mentality uh, and you can try and grind out results. But Everton aren't doing that. They're going to the top four teams and being, you know, positive. They were positive at Stamford Bridge, but got the draw. They were positive at Anfield and very, very unfortunate. Positive at Old Trafford and Arsenal, unfortunate in both of those as well. Um, so, you know, using that mindset, you know, one day, you know, so Everton will go to one of the top four uh, and will get a positive result. Whether that's Saturday, who knows? 
Leeds, you know, it'll take a number of factors again on the day to fall in Everton's favour. But City are a great side. It'll take a monumental effort. Mm. Easy question for you then, Ad, just to, just to warm you up. So how do we get a result? Um, I, th- I think any, any, any questions that we might switch to any sort of like three at the back system, I think we need to try and push out of our heads personally. I think even though last few, last few <laughs> times we have got good results against City, you know, that 4-0, those 1-1s, we played three at the back in mm. every one of those games, but it's massively different personnel, different sort of style that we were playing. Marco Silva's de- definitely set himself up this season as being a manager who, despite the opposition, whoever he's coming up against, he prefers in the exact same way. Uh, he pre- like He's, he's going to go into this Man City game as if he went into the Chelsea game, the Liverpool game, Arsenal, United, you know. Everton are going to set up to try and win. We're going to try and attack Man City. Uh, obviously try and keep them out. Uh, at the other end, as, mm. mu- as, as much as we as much as we can, but uh, yeah, we're going to absolutely try and go at Manchester City, and I think that's that's got to be the way to do it. You know, you've got to try and disrupt them as much as possible. Obviously, it's a Guardiola team; they're going to try and dominate possession as much as they can at home. That's where our high pressing style should come into effect. Don't let them passing around at the back. Try and force them into those errors, and when we do force them into those errors, we've got to be more clinical than we have over the last few weeks, we've got to put our chances away because if we don't, then Man City are just going to punish us. And I think in some ways I disagree with Gav about their result. Oh. Their result against Chelsea, yeah. that makes me more scared of them. Yeah. They're a wounded animal now. They're going to want a reaction after that Chelsea game. The the Watford game before that, they weren't, they weren't in uh, the best form. Uh, I think they, they're going to be looking... Yeah massively for a reaction and that scares me I think Liverpool being top hasn't helped as well because yeah. that would be one of the other things it doesn't help all around does it yeah. so I'm, basically, <laughs> I'm basically, yeah, basically talking myself out of what I said at the start but no I get that I just I just, I just think you know did you see when he played Bournemouth the other week the first half I think it was one all at half time in mm. Bournemouth for about 15 minutes before half time we're like they were the better team and had like sort of one's got a lot of praise for the performance, yeah, didn't they? Three yeah. or four good chances, you know. Well, in, so, and in that second half, Watford, Watford yeah. were getting battered for about an hour, and then they just yeah. they just turned it on. So I'm, I'm not, you know, there's hope there in, in some respects. Like hanging the there almost type of thing. Yeah, but I think still think that we've got enough to, mm. to to make a game of it. You know, I mean that's what we aspire to do. That's why we spent hundreds of millions of pounds on players, and 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 I take on board after that Preno and. Adam have said, but I still think when you have a look at the Watford Bournemouth games in bit parts of that and the Chelsea game, that you may be looking at a team that maybe is not as fluent and fluid as maybe what it was five or six weeks yeah, ago. I'm not I'm not saying that there's not yeah. ways that Everton can get at them and like yeah. I think if Everton are on their day then they can cause Man City some real, real problems. You know, we've got a lot of quality up front. It's just the you know, looking at our last few games. Well, exactly. That's we, what I was going to say. To, yeah, my next point. They, yeah, they, they yeah. need to really find their form yeah. again if we're going to get anything out of it. Prime, the lads um, both mentioned there about taking chances, being clinical. 14 of Everton's 23 league goals have come from Richarlison and Sigurdsson. Yeah. Where are the other goals coming from? And is that a concern when we're going, as, as we've seen, because I mentioned this to Marco ahead of the Liverpool mm-hmm. game, 
you know, we've played well at Old Trafford, played well at the Emirates, played well at Anfield now, played well at Stamford Bridge, but we've only scored once and if memory serves, not mistaken, that's a penalty. Yeah. So no no goals from open play against these top teams, a lot of promise and, and everything. Is it still something that we don't have in the squad or is it something that you think he's there that just needs to click? You know, where are the goal's going to come from it's, tomorrow? It's a, it's a, it's a big concern. Uh, and the problem for me is almost certainly in the wide areas, you know, the, the two players that are con- playing there at the moment aren't contributing enough in terms of goals. Um, Theo Walcott, uh, it's a long time since he's scored one and he has had chances uh, 15, 15 in that time. And, and, you know, big chances, uh, you know, okay, you could argue he's being thwarted by, you know, so sort of top-class goalkeeping, but... That's what top-class strikers do, you know, so they beat top-class goalkeepers. Um, Bernard, for all the promise that he's shown uh, in his, you know, so, well, his first few appearances, he never looks like scoring a goal. Um, you know, he's not even had chances, really. There's been a couple of, you know, sort of shots from distance that, you know, so sort of might have done better. Went round the um, keeper against Man United. And, yeah, and well, so, yeah, 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 apart from that. <laughs> and did some sort of yeah. river dance with his legs at Stamford Bridge. Oh, yeah, of course, post, yeah. But, so yeah, but you just get the impression that you know, no matter what you do with those two players, that they're not born goal scorers. That that's not going to improve anytime soon. So that altogether puts more responsibility again on Richarlison and Gilfie Sigurdsson. Uh, we've said before about the midfield as well. You know, there just aren't any goals coming from the midfield positions. That looks like you know Andre Gomez could be um, you know an antidote to that. I mean, he was very unlucky at Anfield. You know, he set up the goal against Watford, the first goal. You know, he is getting into advanced positions, but that's got to happen more and more. And then you look at your defenders. I mean, Yerry Mina possibly could you know sort solve that situation as well. You know, we know he's a threat at set pieces because he's shown it in the World Cup. Uh, that's got to start happening again sooner rather than later. But you know, the fullback positions. I mean, Lucas Digne. Has, you know, finally got, you know, his, uh, his first goal, admittedly, from a set-piece. Seamus Coleman hasn't looked like scoring again. He has been, you know, so a, a threat in the past. So, you know, th- there are possibilities uh, to increase that goal. So, but it's got to be more than possibilities at the moment. And for me, it is a worry. You know, we've got to start, you know, sort of finding goals from elsewhere. Otherwise, the res- you know, the responsibility on those two at the top will just become intolerable. We'll stay with the uh, theme of, of goals, but before I do, because it neatly leads on to it's going to read you the team from last season's game at the Etihad. Um, Pickford in goal. Back three of Keane, Williams, Jagielka. Wing-backs Holgate and Baines. Midfield of Guy, Schneidlin, Davis, Rooney and Dominic Calvert-Lewin up front. Um, where, where's, where's Calvert-Lewin at? He was one of the best players on the pitch that night. Led the line superbly. Everybody's raving about this young forward, and we thought, "Wow, we've got something on our hands here." It doesn't seem—it doesn't seem to have kicked on. It's two years yesterday since he made his Premier League debut. Came on off the bench against Arsenal. Yeah. Is he where he should be in his progression for a player of his age? Is he—is he fighting a losing battle, trying to convince Silver he should be playing? Is he good enough to play? I, I, I'm just trying to work out. And get a feeling of, of where he's at and where Everton are at and, and, and what's the next step for Dominic Calvert-Lewin? Game time would be the next step, well, wouldn't it, really? I is mean, he, he going to get it with us? Well, that goes back to my theory that if you don't make it by the time you're 18, 18 to 21, if you've not made it in the Premier League and playing regularly, then you're not going to make it. It's going to be very, very difficult for you to make it. And managers haven't got the length of contract to be able to invest time in somebody and say, you know, you go and play for 18 months and I like to see you develop in that time. And Calvert-Lewin's a, a typical example of that, as is Tom Davis. Mason, I think, is slightly different because 
he's, he has had a couple of years and he's played quite regularly. Um, and I'd, I'd give him a go, to be honest with you. I, I'd give him a go because I still think, especially to say tomorrow. In place of who though? I'd play Richarlison left. I'd play. Yeah. I'd play. It's it's what like what I play Cavalier on the front instead of Tolson because it, it is that classic thing I spoke about when uh, the other week. If you play in a team that presses, yeah, is one of the outlets you've got to have is have have somebody up front who can hold, you know, who's big, who can potentially hold the ball up for you. And and I think um, I think on that basis, I'd, if you're saying about Calvert Luna's development, I think he could do a job for us tomorrow at centre forward, and I play with Charlison left mm. um, in, in in answer to your question. Um, long term, whether he's got a long term future at the club, I'm not so sure. That that's a, an interesting question. <clears throat> that, that's quite harsh. Though, I think I, I, I like him. Oh, I like, I a, like him. I like him. A developing young player. Um, yeah. I've likened him to start of last season to a very young Graham Sharp, who was a late developer. Sharp he was like was, 23, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. before he started yeah. finally showing all that promise. Yeah. And you know, I'm never going to say he's going to be as good a player as that. But you know, he has got attributes. He's got pace. You know, he's a lot quicker than he appears. All his mad Premier League statistics point out he's the fastest player it, at the club by some way. Is he clinical enough though, Prenna? And, and again, I'm a, I'm a fan of Dominic's and, yeah. you know, we're just reflecting on possibly one of the best performances he's ever produced at club level at the Etihad yeah. last season and what a performance. But I can't shake the fact that he doesn't score a great number of goals. I know he comes yeah. off the bench a lot and I can't shake that feeling of one-on-one with the keeper at the Emirates. Mm. Now, if you're going to yeah. be staking a claim, you've got to score. Yeah, yeah. No, he's not. He's not a natural goal scorer. He will get you know a, a steady number of goals. You know, you, you'd imagine he'd be like a fifteen or sixteen goal a season if he's playing every single game. You know, rather than the twenty twenty five that absolute top level strikers get. But he's still developing. I know it, it's very very harsh. You know, environment, modern football. You know, and you don't really get opportunities to to grow into into the Premier League. You've got to either hit the ground running or you. You get jettisoned and end up, you know, so sort of playing in the championship. But I still think he has got enough to become, you know, so sort of a top-level Premier League striker. Whether that's at Everton, I'm not, I'm not so sure. But I'd still stick with him for the time being. Yes, I probably wouldn't be starting him at the moment, but I'd certainly be having him in the squad, bringing him on for 20 minutes, 25 minutes, and you know, see how he develops. Yeah, but that that, that was the question, wasn't it, whether he's got a future at Everton? Yeah, is, is, and is, I said is, that. Yeah. I think I, I would doubt whether he has for the reason what Plano said there. Like you've got to hit the grounds on and all you. Yeah. He gets jettisoned. Uh, and he's had two years and it, it's not going to, you know, managers aren't going to give players a long time to develop. Uh, but I agree with Preno. I think he's got lots of attributes to, to be, a, you know, a decent standard Premier League striker. He's beefed up a little bit this year for the start, which I think's helped. Uh, and on that basis, I'd like to see him giving a run out tomorrow because I still think we should play with Charleston wide left. Mm. I'm just going to move on to you, but enjoy Gav's... Uh you know, sort of description being video because that was that's, that would have been worth the viewing alone. Um, as I said, two years on, well, yesterday was two years since his debut. Um, do you think he's Marco Silva's type of striker? Uh, I think he's more Marco Silva's type of striker than Cenk Tosin. Yeah, I think in a, in a very yeah, Cenk's been given probably more opportunities. Hasn't he really? Certainly from yeah. the start this season. Yeah, I think he's played about 200 or so more minutes. I was looking at the stats the other day. He's played about 200 or so more minutes in the Premier League this season and they've scored the exact same amount of goals. So, so what's that telling you then? It's telling me that Calvert-Lewin's taking his chances more than Cenk Tosin is. And I think a very rare, rare scenario, I actually agree with Gav. I would I would start Calvert-Lewin tomorrow and I'd move Richard. <laughs> you pulled the face yeah, then. Yeah, I'm going to start beefing up again now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, and I would move Richarlison out to the left because I think if, yeah, you mentioned that Arsenal performance uh, a little bit earlier and yeah, he missed that chance, which he really should be taking. But I think his performance in general showed me that he is much more Marco Silva's type of striker than Cenk Tosin because what we saw from Cenk Tosin, especially in that Newcastle game quite recently, is that he was very much that central focal point. He stayed very central. He wasn't mm. really willing to run the channels all that much. I don't think he was holding the ball up as well as he, we really needed him to on that day. So I think we were moving forward and the link-up play just wasn't there between the front four because of that. And I think that those first 45 minutes against Arsenal, like Everton showed some absolutely outstanding link-up play. I think Calvert-Lewin was willing to run the channels so much more meaning that Richarlison could come in centrally, Walcott could come in from his side, Sigurdsson was finding space through the middle. He was distracting the centre-backs almost. Yeah, yeah. So the Richarlison especially, was at, he had about two or three shots that I can remember, especially in that first <laughs> half. Yes, yeah, yeah. And I think that's that's the kind of striker that Marco Silva wants to see. And yeah, he's probably... I don't, I don't think he's the finished article by any means, and obviously his finishing will come into question. But I think in terms of the amount of work rate that he puts in I think he's more more than worthy of a chance for t- for for tomorrow's game and I think I'd, I'd be looking at him ahead of Cenk Tosin especially definitely The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo well, I think looking at the games coming up as well you know he will get opportunities because mm. you know there's mm. so many you know fixtures yeah. flying thick and fast and and we need to mix things up a little bit because we said before, you know, Everton's first choice starting eleven um, is probably good enough, you know, to be a, a top six team easily. Mm-hmm. You know, you can go to places like Anfield and Chelsea and perform really, really well. But the squad depth isn't there, so that first choice eleven isn't capable of producing those performances every three or four days, which they'll have to do over Christmas. So the, the fringe players, for want of a better, you know, phrase, are going to get that opportunity, and Dominic will be one of them. Go on, I just, just yeah. one, one further point on this is probably for another day. Is it is it a concern to us that yes. some of the players? <laughs> yeah, just, that must not me beefing up. They they, 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 they say to me beefing up that some of the players that are sidelined at the moment by the manager are all young English players, several of whom come through the academy. So off the top of my head, Kenny Davis, Dowell, Holgate, Holgate, not even in the squad. Yeah. Calvert Lewin, Calvert Lewin. Obviously, he could he's maybe involved. throw Luckman in, though he's getting a bit of game time. Mm. Yeah. Is, is that is that? Is that a concern? It's just an obs- just an observation. I think it's for a me. general concern about the squad that we did. We mention it in the last pod that there's there's just far too many players that aren't even getting a look in in the squad anymore. You, well, yeah, you can you throw Nias and Schneiderlin yeah, into we, that, can't you? We, we talk about Guardiola fittingly pleading poverty that he only had 15 fit players, but 15 fit players of all world class ability would walk yeah. into any team. Marco was obviously using 15 since the Palace game has used. 16 different players, Jags being the 16th. So he's, he's basically relied on 15 players, hasn't he? Yeah. And so I think, you know, you could say young English players, but there's also a yeah, full okay. Fran- you know, France international in Morgan Schneider, a Republic of Ireland international, James McCarthy, who's fit by all accounts, but isn't getting in the squad. Um, you've got Umar Nias not getting in the match day. So it's not just for me, young English players. I think it's... Yeah. I it's think just it's a question a, of the squad. In general, yeah. I just think they're good it's, enough. It's not a criticism, it's an observation. Really, yeah, but those are old, older players, Andy. They're established in mm. international. Yeah. These, these, this is a group of young English players who, who are all at the club who at the moment are not getting a lot of game time. Well, I'll throw you a non 
young English player, Vlasic, was, Vlasic was deemed, was not, just, good, yeah, deemed yeah. not good enough to be guaranteed yeah. any sort of football. Absolutely. So, he, you know, so I don't know if it's necessarily there's something to be concerned Thinking. about in terms of the English players coming through. I think maybe I get the feeling that there's a, that, that Mar, uh, Marco looks at a peak age group, and I don't think he he feels you know. Richarlison's the exception at 21, isn't he? He's, yeah. he's, he's out on his own, but I think 23 to 25 is he's, he's what he thinks so, he can rely on. So, the one stretch the point. So, what we're basically saying is that what we've just spoken about Calvert Lewin there could apply to about four or five other players in the squad who would, hmm. who would have a similar age in English. Hmm. But I think that was, that was always going to be saturated, though, with the fact that Everton are a club that promotes uh, academy players as much as they possibly can. And obviously, we won the Premier League too, not, not yeah. so very long ago, and a lot of those players would have played quite big part in that campaign so like, they're always going to be in and around the squad it's just the we're getting we, games over, last year sorry yeah but over sorry. the last few months we've improved haven't we and, yeah I, I think nationality doesn't come into it really because you know, there's a statistic before we came in here I'm sure I heard this correctly that of the teams in the Premier League the average age of the starting 11s Everson are the second youngest in the Premier League yeah. so he is choosing young players just not English young players and that's purely because he deems that they're not good enough at the moment that, that, and that's the problem going back to Calvert-Lewin is, so, is where then would be good enough in the future but, and, yeah. so then, know, Gav, yeah. if, if we all if we all have uh, maybe perhaps you don't think he does have a long term future but if say if we had agreement that Calvert-Lewin has the potential how does he in the next two two years or so without being guaranteed any sort of game time prove himself that he's good enough to play every week for Everton because will silver gamble for want of a better word every week with calvert lewin John, this is this is the this is the problem isn't it this is the this, this is the issue isn't it but you know i refer refer ourselves to our academy special during mm. the summer we dis- discussed this issue in depth and i know it's slightly going off subject but there's five or six players like calvert lewin who at the moment you must be wondering what their immediate future is at the club. And I know there's been talk of Holgate going out on, mm. on loan. Um, in two or three years' time, will all those academy graduates that we've all spoken about there, four or five of them, maybe a bit more, will they actually be at Everton? And because they won't be, there might be the odd one will be given opportunities, but all, all five or six won't. I mean, and, and I would think Calvert Lewin, out of, of all of them, has probably got, for me, maybe the best. Best uh, possibility. Is that a physique thing? Yeah, you want me to beef no, up again, no, don't no, you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Is, is that because Calvert Lewin, out of the, out of, if we say he's we, physically more mature, he, I think he's, he's yeah. closer to being physically yeah. able to. Well, he's proven and, he can cope physically with with, with playing in the Premier and, League. And more. the thing is now, and I don't I don't like player stats, but there's that that thing, isn't it? The both you can't show how good you are. Or until until because you, you until you get game time, we get some stats, as it were, that people you can people can read off, you know, and you don't get stats while you're sitting off the bench or playing under twenty three football, and and I just think it's maybe for a discussion on another day about how how that group of five or six young English players who've come through our academy, what their immediate future at the club is over the next two years. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, so. Talk about Dominic Cavalier. Moving on to a slightly old but still young English player, um, Fredo. Do you have any regrets that we sold John Stones? Do we miss John Stones? Well, we always have regrets selling a footballer of you know that ability. Um, but the money they got for him was phenomenal. You know that, that it was 
It wasn't great business because you never want to see great football if you have the football club. Exactly the same with Wayne Rooney when he went, you know, so for, you know, a huge sum of money that was, you know, perceived as having saved the club at the time. But you never want to see players of that quality leave. Um, no, I'm, I'm sad to see him, you know, so down the road at Manchester City. But you can't really quibble with the uh, the price that they got for him and, you know, so the, the way that was invested. Uh, but you just, he's a class actor who's only going to get better and better. I know he's had, uh, you know, sort of rocky moments during his Man City career. But just a, a great, great footballer, and I, I wouldn't say it breaks me hard to see him, you know, down the road. But it's um, it, it's difficult, you know. So he's, he's an elegant footballer in that the old Everson style, if you like. Um, always broke my heart when Ken McNaught uh, went to Aston Villa way yeah, back in the wow. day. Uh, yeah. Great centre half uh, because he perceived, you know, he was going to get more opportunities to win trophies elsewhere. I was a very, very young boy at the time. And, uh, you know, it did, you know, really hurt. And, you know, obviously I'm a much older man now. And so, you know, so seeing football as a John Stones' quality doesn't hurt me, you know, seeing him go down the road. But I just think, you know, there's a, there's a wrench there. Yeah, he's a very, very good footballer and I'm disappointed to see him playing his football there rather than a Goodison. Uh, do you think he was underappreciated a little bit, maybe? As history taught us that or, or you know in the moment do you think actually the feeling around John was was actually correct and you know he was you know he wasn't um, you know he was always kind of in the firing line a little bit wasn't he John yeah I th- yeah and I think in some senses yeah he was a bit underappreciated I think he just needed the right manager and the right system to bring to bring the best out of him and I think we're seeing that now not just at Man City but we're seeing it at national team level as well I think Gareth Southgate's Absolutely, getting the best out of John Stones, playing his his sort of style of football. You know, he just I seem to remember was it the Stoke game at home where he calmed the fans down yeah. after yeah. doing a, a bit <laughs> yeah. of a little thing inside the box. Like, oh, he, was a, he was a confident yeah. boy. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that kind of confidence. You know, you do you do love to see that from footballers, and I personally do very much miss it. But I don't I don't, I don't think it was ever. I think that was Can a case it, of wrong move, wrong time because it was it was there was kind of a a period where things were turning badly under Martinez in that season. Yeah. Do you think if he'd done that now under Silver and under the different mood of the place, forget, oh. forgetting Monday and, and Newcastle perhaps, but do you think it wouldn't have been received as negatively perhaps? Oh as it no, was then? absolutely not. I've, like the, there'd still be gifts of that going around <laughs> on Twitter now like if, if he was doing it these days and it's just because obviously there's so much more of a positive attitude around Everton these days but I think Stones is a bit of a weird one I think if he was if he was a young like player who'd come through Everton's academy I think he'd be missed a little bit more than he was but the fact that he's come from Barnsley had no real affiliation to Everton did he, he we had him for a few years and then he saw the bigger opportunity and moved on. And I think a lot of Everton fans can understand it and respect it. And as Prano said, we got we got a good amount of money for him at the end of the day. And you know he's he's moved on to you know winning the league with Man City now. So fair play to him. Um, just before we finish, we'll we'll keep on centre halves. Um, around the time that Manchester City signed uh, Laporte, they were sniffing around Yerry Mina. Um, yeah. We've talked quite a lot about. About Mr. Mina on, on this Mr. podcast. Mr. Mina, yes, yeah, very good. How do you think he's he's settled in now? You know, he's he's, he's effectively looks like he's established himself as first choice on the left side of defence. Are we happy with his performances? I thought he got a little a bit of criticism from the Watford game, but I actually thought he played very well. I thought he played well. I mean, he had that. I don't, I don't think it was a foul outside the area. Correct, it was a bit yeah. foolish to 
and ball it in their area. Um, one thing about John Stones, by the way, said three, should play centre midfield. Shouldn't be playing at the back. Oh, yeah, don't. Yeah. What? Yeah, should be playing. Should, should, should be oh. playing hold the midfield. Well, England, yeah. England, England tried. Absolutely. Well, I got a Phil Jagielka. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 no, I Zuma's played in centre mid in the League I, Cup uh, final. He did. I, I think. Uh, I think he's wasted at centre half. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, asked, I asked Roberto. Do I remember? I'm sure yeah. I told you on this podcast. I did ask him that, and he kind of laughed at me. Did he? Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Yeah, it says the uh, the manager played Leighton Baines in centre mid. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Leighton Baines, I'm I'm a big fan of him in centre mid, like Philip Lahm esque. Yeah, yeah. Moving to the defensive mid. But going back to your question, now I've been really impressed by him. Yes, I think you know you say fifty million for Stones, Keane and Mina probably together probably about that about yeah. the same fee. So actually, value for money. Um, yeah, I've been impressed by him. I think he's a big presence. I think he's a big personality. I suspect when they're looking perhaps for the next armband wearer of the club that he'll be uh, interesting. He'll be there or thereabouts. Um, I, I, I suspect he's got the personality and the, the stature. He's, he's obviously having praise for a 24 year old, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. He's I having English he, lessons. And, uh, obviously, don't know how good his English is, is now since, since I asked, asked him about it a few weeks ago. But. Do you think he has to? He must have to get to a level of a grasp of the language before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On. I'm just permanent. Some depends how long this sort of impasse is going on with the captaincy at the moment. Well, you know, well, seriously, just, that's a good point. Because you know, say Coleman doesn't play tomorrow, he will, won't he? But oh, if he comes off, who gets the armband? Because Sigurdsson, maybe. Yeah, possibly Sigurdsson. Sigurdsson, but these twenty nine. I'm just thinking. The next three so or four he, years, yeah, if you're yeah. looking to see who's going to captain the team in that time, then I think he has to be in with the shows. I've been really impressed by him. Not and Michael Keane, though. As a, as I don't think Keane. I don't think Keane's got the personality. Yeah. I think, yeah, he I think needs he, on that. the pitch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, he, he's rebuilt his confidence. Yeah. Do you think he needs that? I, I don't think he does. I think me and his physically poofing up again he's got the stature. I think he's heading down the gym. Yeah, yeah. Bit of personality, plays in the right position. Mm. I think you'd be looking at him if he develops, assuming he develops as a player and he carries on playing. Well, I think that's important to be a longer term captain at the club. A bit like Van Dyke over the over the road, isn't it? Really, Jack and Pickford has had a shot. Oh, I don't. I don't particularly yeah. like goalkeepers as captains, mm. but. I, I, think, I think he he doesn't need the armband to no. encourage him to shout any more than he does. Does he? <laughs> so, no, I'm not, the, the worry about Sir Jordan Pickford is he wants to get too involved already. He's I mean, that, that, dribbling out exactly. Then. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that, that was the, the the Anfield problem, you know. Rather than flipping the ball over the top, you know, he, he's just he's he's an animated presence all the time. And you need to try and calm him down a little bit. Then giving him the armband it probably increases <laughs> yeah. animation. Yeah. Uh, Preno, any thoughts on Mina before we wrap up? Yeah, it's a, it's really interesting on that because. Kurt Zuma is the you know the guy that's been the victim in all this, and he's not put a foot wrong since no. he's been at the football club. He's been you know absolutely you know tremendous. Yes, he's not playing because you know he's a lone player, whereas Jerry Mina is the permanent footballer. I like Mina. Uh, you know his first was a you know 180 odd minutes of football, like no goals conceded, and you know he was you know a big part of that. He has been a presence in opposition penalty areas. I know the one at Stamford Bridge was ruled offside, but it was only, you know, fractionally. And, you know, he will score a goal, you know, so sooner rather than later. Uh, and, and I like his personality. You know, he's not afraid to, to challenge opposition players on the pitch we've seen. You know, he's uh, very similar to what Seamus Coleman's been doing in recent years. Uh, so, yeah, he does seem to have that demeanour about him. 
Oh God, here we go again. Yeah, Puns yeah, galore yeah. with this name. <laughs> no, I just, you know, I, I do like him. It's very, very early days, though. You know, we've played a handful of matches, you know, so we've got to allow the lad time to settle down. And, you know, it's, a, it's an alien football league, you know, it's an alien environment. You know, he's still learning his way. And the fact that, you know, he's already been talked of as a captain so soon, you know, so into his Everton career has got to be a positive. It looks like him and uh, Michael Keane going forward, which again, I've got no issues with. Um, you know, it looks like they are. You know, so a decent partnership in the making, uh, or bring the conversation full circle. Could it be three at the back? I don't know. We'll uh, we'll wait and see. Indeed. So uh, customary on the podcast to get the lads' predictions. Adam, uh, score please for Manchester City versus Everton. That's not a sc- that's not a score. That's just a sound. <laughs> yeah. I'm going for one one again. Yeah, so take that third, third year in a row. <laughs> Gav, score please. Couple of stats. Talk oh, about oh. Theo. Five goals in his last six games against City. Right. No goal in 13, though. Yeah, well, it's got to end. Um, <laughs> la- I last, hope it does. Yeah. <laughs> last time, City only lost twice, well, well, consecutive Premier League games, once under Guardiola, two years ago. Their first defeat was against Chelsea. Got beat against Leicester the following week. So he's so, no longer but, the Grinch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm loving it. <laughs> These tablets have been taken for being obviously affected me. Everton, uh, the club that's one all. Theo Walcott to score for Evan. Right, so of course, Everton are the club that's inflicted the heaviest club defeat he's on Guardiola a, in his yeah, career. Absolutely, Cumin's crowning glory. I think that wasn't it. Preno, finally, your prediction, pal. Well, there's absolutely no way that I'm going to predict a defeat, even though that's what I fear. Uh, so you know, I'm, I'm going to go for a one-one draw. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I also think a draw, but just to be different, two-two. Oh, yes. Ooh. Yeah, I think. I think. Really? I, I, yeah, yeah. I fancy it's goals in yeah, this one. Yeah, goals. I mean, yeah. no, no one's going to predict, you know, a, a win there because City are so good. But it's going to happen sometimes. Someone's going to win at the Etihad. You know, and so look, Michael Ball isn't? in his column, he said, you know, there's a great opportunity for us because they've got injury problems. Why not? You know, we've got to take the opportunity while it's there. So. So Bally's positivity translates to the play. team. Two on win, Yerry me in the last minute from a corner. Excellent chats. Thanks very much for your company and thank you very much for listening. Uh, please uh, rate, subscribe and comment uh, via iTunes and the Acast app. Uh, all very much appreciated. Uh, you've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast in association with Sport Pacer. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.